Doobie. Doobie. Doobieology. Dear friend, welcome to Doobieology. On this episode today, I'll be talking about the perks of being a wallflower. The perks of being a wallflower is originally a coming-of-age novel written in the form of letters to an unknown person. It was written by Stephen Schapowski and also published on the 1st of February of 1999, the year of our Lord. The novel is set in the early 1990s, and our protagonist is a freshman in high school, should I mention, named Charlie. He is introverted, but also observant, kind of like a wallflower. The letters are written by Charlie and feature an unconventional style that represents his thinking. The book is also collected from Jabowski's old memories of high school in the 80s. The book has become a classic as it is addressing nature's, um, nature, yeah, well, sure, nature, but also mature themes such as drugs, mental health, sexuality, promiscuity, um, sexual abuse, and stuff like that. There are also a lot of fun natured pop culture references in the book as well that make it a very good read. The book isn't the only form of media for the person being a wallflower in Hubbard. A well-known film, which most people base the book off of, what I mean, what I say by that is, you know, how someone's like, oh, this is a good movie, but they don't realize it was a book first. Well, The Perks of Being a Wallflower is a good example of a movie possibly being better than a book, but the book is still better, to be honest. But it's a well-known film. Uh, it was released in 2012, September 2012 to be exact, and it helped give the book a lot of uh, popularity. It stars Logan Lerman as Charlie, Emma Watson as Sam, and Ezra Miller as Patrick. Um, the film was also directed by Jabowski and it was released in the theaters on September 21st, 2012, as I mentioned earlier. And um, critics really liked the film as a screenplay, direction, and also by performances of the three main characters I just mentioned were highly praised, as well as the soundtrack and emotional weight. It has since become a cult classic and genuinely one of the more talked about pieces of media of the last decade. The last decade being the 2010. I can't believe it's the 2020s. Getting old. But in this episode of The Ideology, I'll be discussing the media's themes, reliability, while also going over the plot and talking my, about my thoughts, which is just my view of both the novel and film, and also comparing my life story to Charlie's life story, because I relate to the perks of being a wallflower a lot. I first watched this film, ironically, my freshman year, and I also did a few papers on the perks of being a wallflower my sophomore year, when we had to do a book review, but it was like an in-depth essay book review for Honors English. And it's just stuck, uh, stuck around in my life. It's been a very relevant piece of media that I can relate to, and I read The Perks of Being a Wallflower every two years, and I watch the film every year. So it's special to me, and I really want to talk about it. This episode's been a long time for waiting. I've wanted to do this episode. I, I just feel like I say this a lot, but I did like discuss doing this episode as one of my first episodes when I first started this podcast, but I decided to hold it off for more mature approach and I think we're getting to that more mature approach and more professional output with dubiology and I'm going to share it with you guys so without further ado let's talk about the perks of being a wallflower in terms of discussion of the novel the story is set in the early 1990s and it follows our wallflower of the story Charlie the name of the book and movie he is the main protagonist of the story, and his narration is displayed via a course of letters to an anonymous person addressed as, quote-unquote, Dear Friend. He's shy and caring, but he also suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder that results in him having lots of guilt due to the constant feelings of trying to fit in, but also steering away from his life. And due to these issues, he is described by Patrick in an event where Charlie eats a wedding at a party after their homecoming as a wallflower. 
In the book, he is affected in thought, by thoughts of his Aunt Helen, who lived with Charlie and his family until his birthday one year, when she unfortunately, or fortunately, however you'll take it, passed away in a car accident. The letters start at the beginning of the freshman year of high school, his freshman year of high school. In a middle school, Charlie's best friend Michael passed away, or committed suicide, as it's heavily hinted, hinted at in the book, which led to many sessions with the school's counselor, and after a suggestion that, by the counselor that proposed Michael had no one to talk to, Charlie's just had a mental breakdown in the counselor's office, said that he could have talked to him, and it led to Charlie being diff uh, perceived in a different manner by not only his friends, but also teachers. Teachers would give him good grades despite not even trying in class just because they didn't want the negative energy that he brought sometimes. I mentioned earlier that Aunt Helen was a constant theme for Charlie in the novel. Well, when she lived with Charlie and his family, he was the subject of sexual abuse from her. And this leads to the clinical depression and post-traumatic stress disorder that we see in the story. A, ma a major theme in this book is also post-traumatic stress disorder, not just post-traumatic stress disorder, but post-traumatic stress disorder from sexual abuse. And I know quite a few friends who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder due to sexual abuse. And to those friends listening to this episode, you are not alone. I want you guys to know that. There are tons of hotlines and plenty of people to talk to about post-traumatic stress disorder from sexual abuse, including myself. I'm here quite literally for anything. And to those people who are listening or who are deceased and dealt with sexual abuse, I pray for the souls of the departed. You guys are heavily on my mind, and you guys are such brave people that I admire every single day. Seriously, I couldn't give you guys enough credit for what you do. Just trying to bring awareness to the troubles that you guys went through, and it's very unfortunate that a lot of people who deal with sexual abuse go through that. It shouldn't happen, and I think human beings can be terrible and cruel, and that's a good example of human society or just human nature taking four steps back rather than two steps forward. In the book, it also deals with the topic of suicide, as I mentioned, and as someone who has been suicidal before, I got a really big sense of dread having to go back and reread the book and watch the movie because I knew it was a heavy topic, and I don't like thinking about that time of uh, my life because it's over and I'm not suicidal anymore. In fact, I wouldn't even go as far as to say I'm depressed anymore. It's just a period in my life I don't like remembering, for obvious reasons. But I also understand, and I gotta get... I got a good sense of release while we were reading the book and watching the movie, so it was understanding and just very good to feel that I wasn't alone. I had to, a lot to relate to during that time period. In fact, suicide is the first topic discussed in the book, and it lets you know that it'll be a heavy, heavy book, as I mentioned with the whole Michael situation. When Charlie says that Michael could, could have talked to him after his death, he feels a sense of guilt. And this is another topic, feeling sense of guilt for people who are suicidal, depressed, whatever it is. Um, Again, another message. Uh, depression, it's going to come with life. I feel like everyone will get depressed. And for those who say they aren't depressed, they're lying to you. There will become a time where, they're, where, they're, where they'll either, either get depressed or they're probably gone through depression before, but they haven't spoke on it because they're ashamed of being depressed. And that's another topic. It's okay to be depressed. Depression is a normal thing. Everybody will go through it, as I mentioned. It's okay to be not okay. It just lets you know it'll be a heavy book. And when Charlie says that he could have talked to him, he feels a sense of guilt. Now, I'm not saying that his situation and many friends have, and family members of those who struggle or who have committed suicide feel exactly, but he has a natural reaction, a very natural reaction. Like, I would also be very upset if someone killed themselves and I was a good friend of them, not because they killed themselves. Well, yes, I'd be upset that they killed themselves, but I'd be upset that you know, maybe I have I didn't do enough as a friend. Am I even a friend or considered a friend? Because they're gone. I can't really do much about it anymore. 
He feels like if Michael was really his best friend, he could have talked to him about anything, including his suicidal thoughts. I feel similar in a lot of ways. I have friends that are clinically depressed and or suicidal, and the best thing you can do is just offer their support and lift them up, or at least try to lift them up. To show that you really care, that there's hope in the world, and life, and even if it doesn't seem like it right now, it'll only get brighter. I remember when I was in the deepest stages of my depression uh, a few years ago, I'd say about four years ago, maybe five, I don't know. Even if it didn't feel like I was getting better, the support from my friends made my life seem at least significant enough to carry on and have hope. That includes my family as well. I can probably say that I have found that hope, and I hope others can regain hope through hope, if that makes any sense to anybody. Secrecy also has a big part of the story, as the plot of Charlie being a wallflower has a lot to do with his introverted qualities, and also the fact that he was, of course, sexually abused as a young boy. He feels that, you know, there's just a lot to keep in. And yeah, while there's a lot to keep in, there's also a lot to let out, because there's a lot kept in. For those listening, there's just going to be a lot of internal messages in this episode. It's okay to just release. Like, as I mentioned, it's okay to not feel okay. But to release your feelings and how you feel to people, it's okay because you get a sense of, hey, I finally got that off my chest. I can talk about other things I feel bad about myself for. So if there's anything anyone wants to talk about regarding secrecy, again, I'm available. I'm not going to shut anyone down from conversation. And... I think this being this way in the early 1990s is a good thing because in the early 1990s, a lot of things were different from the early 2010s or the early 2020s, which is the decade we're living in now, which is kind of crazy to say. Other themes include manhood, and manhood is something that Charlie goes through in the book and the movie. Obviously, he's a freshman in high school, so he has a lot to learn. His dad is a big, crucial part of his life, so is his brother. His brother is only mentioned a few times in the movie, which I find very weird. In the book, he plays a heavy part when it comes to Penn State, going to college, all that. And I'd throw going to college and the decision of people leaving goes into manhood. Charlie realizes that, hey, the consequences of becoming friends with these popular seniors at their school, or I would say popular, well-known, probably for the right or wrong reasons, seniors within their school, well, that's going to come with consequences. We're going to graduate. Charlie's going to have to start all over with friends, which is why my freshman year, personally, I watched this movie freshman year. I also read the book freshman year. So, But personally, freshman year, I made friends with everybody. I was mostly friends of freshmen, obviously, because I'm departing from middle school with those same people that are going to my high school. So the majority of my friend group were freshmen. However, I was good friends with a lot of sophomores since I knew them in middle school. And then juniors, some rare juniors i was friends with and then for the seniors yeah i was friends with a few seniors maybe like one or two but i had a lot of friends and (laughs) i'm not hearing god by promise i'm gonna have to edit this out i don't know this is a very heavy episode to talk about um because i relate so much to it but just the thought of people leaving Um, i am a senior in high school as i record this episode So the thought of leaving high school, leaving it all behind, is just very, very sad. Sorry. I apologize for that, everyone. I got really emotional there. Um, No, that wasn't just a fake. I was genuinely breaking down in tears because it didn't hit me that I'm graduating this year until writing this episode and having to record it. So that's just a big 
sense of reality hitting me in the face at the wrong time. I apologize for that breakdown. But as I was talking about, um, this is my senior year as I'm recording this, and I have a lot to learn, a lot to go through in life. In my life, um, I've had a lot of expectations put on me. So it's very tough to live up to those expectations, knowing that you have a lot to live up to. So I have a lot to work on, as I know, and I point out my flaws. I'm very irresponsible, and I think I call myself out for things that are irresponsible. Just, you learn a lot when you're an 18-year-old kid. But as I was talking about with Charlie's friends with these people, they graduate, and at the end of the novel, he moves on, but there's always hope. There's, he's, there's always hope with him, I guess, or there's hope. There, actually, I have the 20th anniversary perks of a Wallflower book, and that was the one I reread just recently when I was thinking of ideas for this episode. And in the book, it's just a message of from Charlie 20 years after the first novel was written. And he's like, hey, first letter, not novel, but it was for the first novel. And it's just like, hey, I made it. And I think you can, too, if you just follow your heart. And it was to the same friend that was an anonymous friend these last years. So I think it's a beautiful thing to read that after having my heart broken many times reading the book and watching the movie doing this episode. And that's for manhood. For sexuality, this is what I really wanted to talk about. Um, as I mentioned, it's the early 1990s, so a lot of people are homophobic. But Brad is the boyfriend of Patrick, who I mentioned earlier. Patrick's a character. I probably should have talked about the characters in this movie and book. Um, as I mentioned, Logan Lerman plays Charlie. Ezra Miller plays Patrick. Emma Watson plays Sam. Those are your three main characters. There's also Mary Elizabeth. Uh, Brad, as I mentioned, I don't know who they're played by, to be honest. I just know their names. Craig, who is the boyfriend of Sam, who Charlie is jealous of because he loves Sam. That's another topic I'll get to. Um, but sexuality within the thing, within the thing, within the book and movie is big because the whole one of the plots in the book and movie is Ezra Miller's character, Patrick, being gay. Patrick is a gay man. He is dating, or secretly dating, as I should say, the quarterback for the football team. And that's in the early 1990s. As, let's just talk about football and homosexuality in football as well. Football is mostly a manly sport, as everybody knows. When you watch football, you're like, oh, big, meaty men tackling each other. And then they taunt, and then they shove each other, and they tackle each other more. Foosball. So when you think of a gay person in football, you're like, that's out of place. But it's not out of place. It's totally normal. Like, get over it. Stop being so ignorant. It's okay to be gay, guys. It's 2022. 2023. Get over it. Seriously. Um, but no, like, honestly, it's just so ignorant when I see people get upset over gay people in certain sports, gay people in general. It's like, it's does this still really bother you? Like, is there a reason it bothers you? Are you that mental? Get over it. But they're gay, and Charlie walks into one of the uh, to walks into a makeout session that they had one day, and finds out that they're gay. But it's a big secret kept within Charlie and Patrick in the book and movie, and it's just a big thing explored. Like, hey, Chabowski uh, was writing this book, and he was basically saying to all the people reading it that are struggling with their sexuality or know their sexuality, but people aren't really supportive. It's okay to be homosexual. It's totally okay. It's there's nothing wrong with it. Um, people are going to support you. I feel like more people would support you more than people hate what you are because of what you are. You should be happy with who you are in your, in your own shell. That's what I think about everybody, really. Um, sexuality is a beautiful thing. I always say that. And also later on in the book, when Brad and Patrick get into this big fight in the cafeteria, which results in Charlie blacking out and beating up Brad's football buddies. Brad thanks Charlie afterwards for it. But Patrick and Charlie hang out a lot and... Patrick actually kisses Charlie, which is kind of weird. I thought it was 
but like natural thing like it's just a friend being a friend being supportive of somebody who isn't really familiar with the concept of sexuality so of course they're going to get a payment by getting a big fat kiss on the lips and that's explored out through the novel sexuality is a pretty big thing and i'm very glad that books like this exist where it teaches people the promiscuity of high schoolers if you would um but another topic that leads from sexuality, as I mentioned earlier, is drugs. Charlie takes an edible and is described as a wallflower when he's high off of his mind in the book and movie. Um, but drugs are talked about a lot, more in the book than the movie. Like, it's obviously implied in the movie, but in the books, they're getting specific with the type of drugs they're abusing, the type of alcohol they're drinking. Like, it'd be like, we had a bottle of champagne for New Year's. We had an ounce of marijuana this one day, and... While they're talking about it, you just get a sense of, wow, these high schoolers are high schoolers. Let's not, I mean, nothing's changed. People still smoke weed. People still do drugs. People still drink alcohol on the weekends. And it's personally not my thing, but go off, I guess. But drugs is a big thing. They talk about it a lot. The idea of being high, the idea of abusing drugs to get your mind off of things. Charlie, at one point, at one point in the book and movie, Charlie says something. No, no, no. He does something. So Charlie and Mary Elizabeth are dating uh, after their prom. Not prom. It was formal. It was no. It wasn't formal. Maybe it was winter formal. Yeah. And there's they're doing a spin the bottle or trooper there or something. And I think Patrick's. I dare you to kiss the hottest person in this room. And Patrick, Patrick, Charlie kisses um Mary. Not Mary Elizabeth. Sam. And Sam was like, "What's wrong with you?" And Charlie's like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. That's like my girlfriend. I should have kissed my girlfriend, you know? But Charlie and felt like Mary Elizabeth had too much on her plate, always talked about things he wasn't interested in. As my AirPods drop off the table, I'll get it in a second. And I just bothered him, I guess. So he just stared, stared away from it, stared away from it. And while Charlie is a very interesting character, he's probably one of my favorite literary characters of all time, it's... It's the simple things like this that you relate to. Like, why don't I do things the right way? Why don't I think before I do things? And I especially relate to Charlie in a lot of ways regarding that. He's a smart kid, but he doesn't think. And that's like me, pretty much like me. I'm the wallflower. That results in Sam not being friends with Charlie. And Sam and that whole crew, Patrick, didn't even talk to Charlie that much. And in the meantime, uh, the Bob, I think his name is Bob. The Bob is a drug dealer for Charlie and... He was originally the drug dealer for Sam and Patrick. And so he just gives them ounces of weed, all that stuff. I think it's just marijuana, hopefully. I don't think it was like anything hardcore, like mescaline or cocaine or crack cocaine or meth, um, anything like that. But yeah, I mean, you struggle with a lot of things like that. And you're going to abuse drugs to get your mind off of it. anything to get you high and to get you away from it. Personally, my high is reading books. I don't do drugs, as a lot of people know. So that's that's just my thing. I'll read a book to get my mind off of things. So I go into I travel into a different world when I'm reading books, and I especially travel into different worlds when I'm reading books like The Perks of Being a Wallflower because I relate to it so much. I feel like these characters are me and my friends, and I felt that way when I reread it this year, and I also felt that way when I read it for the first time freshman year. Um, and then the last theme that's a major theme is participation. Wallflower, literally. Charlie is running away from his life while also trying to live his life, and you can't do that. You're, you, can, you can't be an introvert and an extrovert. Well, actually, you can. There's a scientific term. It's called an ambivert. That's what I am. But what I'm trying to get at is you're either an introvert or you're an extrovert fully. 
I consider myself mainly an extrovert, but I have introverted qualities. I like to stay at home. When I am at home, please leave me alone, as a lot of people know. But when I'm um, public with friends, I'm public at school, whatever, whatever, talk to me all you want. I'm going to communicate with you. But I get exhausted when I get home, but I need that time off so I can just regroup for the next day. That's how I think of it. I can regroup, recharge my batteries, and I'm fine the next day. I'm an extrovert when I'm at home, obviously, but I'm an extrovert when I'm out. Quite literally, the definitions of introvert and extrovert. But Charlie is an introvert going into high school, an extrovert once he meets Sam and Patrick and Craig and Mary Elizabeth and all these people. Extrovert, hardcore, does all these drugs, gets goes through the tunnel. Um, David Bowie's plan. We love David Bowie. And he's just like, I feel infinite. I feel like I belong. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. High school is supposed to be my bag. And I think Charlie's bag was... Bumps and bag was secured. Gross. I think Charlie's destiny within high school, or his freshman year of high school, was to communicate with others and get a sense of who, who am I really? And a big theme of the perks of being a wallflower, I think the biggest theme is who am I? Like, what am I doing? And that's why I love the book so much. It explores so many great topics. Um, that's about it for all the major themes of the book. Um, um, I apologize for crying earlier. Really, I that was really unexpected. I didn't expect to break down in the middle of a podcast episode. I've never done that before. That's very, very funny. Oops. <laughs> now that I've talked about the themes of the perks being a wallflower, I can now talk about my opinion of the perks being a wallflower. I think it's a wonderful film. I think it's probably... Wonderful film, yeah. It was made into a film, obviously. I think it's a wonderful book. I think the film is great. The film is one of my favorites. The book is most certainly one of my favorites. I'd rank the book in my top 10 favorite books of all time. And the movie's right around the top 20, maybe top 25. I'm not sure. I'd have to update my list really soon. It's been a while. But I just... I love the things that are talked about in the book. I love things that are talked about in the novel. I love it all. It's all so wonderful. And I wish I watched The Perks of Being a Wallflower a little earlier in my uh, life, but I probably wouldn't have understood anything that was going on. So I'm fortunate to have watched The Perks of Being a Wallflower and read it because I read it. I read it first. I read it. Um, I found the book in the library. It was a book rack. It's a book store right near my house, um, right near my former house. Um, I used to live right next to it. And I decided one day to walk to the book rack because it's a discount store. And I just looked through and I saw the perks of being a wallflower and I've heard about it. Um, Tumblr area, Tumblr area, Tumblr era. This was 2019. My freshman year of high school was 2019. My Tumblr era, my Tumblr era, the Tumblr era. Sorry, I've said Tumblr like so many times within the last 30 seconds. Was a big part of this movie. So I decided, hey, I might as well read it because everybody talks about it. And I prefer books over movies. So I might like the book more. I do like the book more. But I also love the film. That's not taking away from what the film did for teenagers of our generation. I read it in the book. thought the book was the greatest thing I've ever read at the time. Even though The Outsiders is, will probably remain my favorite book forever. Because that's just a wonderful book as well. Um, great piece of literature. Got me in the reading. The Outsiders did. The Burks of Bleeding Wallflower was great. I put it in my top five. Around the time, it's probably my top ten now. Barely nearing the top five. Like, maybe number eight on my top ten favorite, like, favorite books list. Um, and then I watched a film right after I finished it. Like, quite literally 20 minutes once I was done, after I was done with the book. I popped in the film. I thought the film was excellent. And... 
Yeah, just it's just a lot of great memories. Freshman year of high school is one of my favorite years. Up there with I love senior year. I love senior year. I won't break down talking about senior year this time, but senior year of high school has been wonderful so far. It's been my favorite year ever for me being a student and I don't think it's going to get better than senior year. Probably my senior year of college when I'm about to go off, graduate from college and do whatever. But you know, the perks of being a wallflower, I I can relate to, as I talked about a lot in the last 20 minutes. The perks of being a wallflower is something that I quote quite a lot. Um, there's this woman, or girl, I should say, that sits right across from Charlie in Mr. Anderson's class, or in the book, I think his name is like Bill. And she's always making fun of him. She's like one of the smartest kids. And it's also a quite quite a big trope. Like blonde girls just really mean but very smart. And there's a lot of blonde girls at my school that are very mean but also incredibly incredibly smart. Not to discredit all everybody blonde at my school. It was just this one specific one I really, really don't like. But that being a beside me, just it's very funny how stereotypes are taking in the book and the novel. Because you think you know someone, don't judge a book by its cover. You think you know someone for their good qualities, but there's a lot of bad qualities. You think you know someone for a lot of bad qualities, but there's a lot of good qualities. And I think that's a lot of things. I think that's what Chabowski was trying to teach us when he wrote the novel and also directed the film. And uh, while I think it's a great book, I think the film is also good. I think the film, however, while I think the book is better, I think the film did a better job at expressing the inner thoughts of Charlie and how we can relate to him in a lot of ways, including the visions of Aunt Helen and what he what she did to him and also using the epilogue as the finale for the film or not the finale i would say the climax of the film um and um for everybody listening just hopefully you guys find your sam and patrick sam and patrick were the two side characters i'd say also you could consider the main characters and they're just fun-hearted people who people just relate to a lot they're just great people who you wish they were. You wish you were friends with a Sam or a Patrick, or even both of them, because they just seem like great people to have in your lives. And I always wish that people find great people in their lives, because a lot, a lot of people I know have had terrible friends, and those friends treat them with nothing but disregard and make them seem like they're crazy. They gaslight them pretty much, and I've had those friends as well. And I'm glad to say that I put that beside me, and I have wonderful friends. I'm very fortunate for the popularity that I have in my school from time to time. And while I think it's brought me a great success, not only for my career, but also my podcast, which is involved with my career, I think it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Very proud of myself. Um, Background noise. My sister was coming out of her room. I apologize if anybody heard that. Um, But I swear, in this moment in time when I wrote this episode, reread the book, watched the film, did all of that, talked to friends, I realized I have a great life ahead of me. I have a great life right now. I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm doing. Position I'm doing? Position I'm in and doing what I'm doing, such as recording this episode for all my supportive fans. Doesn't matter if I have five fans or quite literally 200,000 fans. I swear, in my final moments of high school, in recording the podcast, and anything I do that I take passion in, I swear, I am infinite. Thank you for tuning in to Dubiology this week. If you have any questions or concerns or you want to listen to more of this podcast, please check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and Red Circle. If you want the social media outfits, for Instagram, it's Dubiology2022. For Snapchat, it's also Dubiology2022. Thank you for listening to this episode once again. 
Have a good day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Bye.